Hey, what's up, everybody? And welcome to another edition of I Won't Stop Until I Win. I am your host, Jose Flores, and each week I'll be sharing inspiring stories of people who push through the pain, who overcome adversity, and who keep on running their race to become the winners they are today. So thank you for spending some time with me, and let's jump right into the show. Hey, what is going on, family? Listen, I want to thank you again for hanging out with me for another week of I Won't Stop Until I Win. And before I start every single episode, as you guys already know, I always like to take a few moments right up front to give God some thanks, because I believe that without him, none of this would be possible. So I just pray that somebody out there that's listening is inspired, encouraged, and motivated, not only to learn more and do more, but to become more. And I pray that in Jesus' name. So like I said, thanks again for hanging out with me. And listen, every single time I bring a guest on the show, you guys know I always bring on fire individuals who have amazing stories, who are, who are, you know, shaking the world, right? Shaking the world. So today is no less. Today's guest is a motivational speaker as well, an actor, a fitness personality, and author of his brand new book, Forever Faith. Ladies and gentlemen, my boy, Abe Cruz, welcome to the show, my brother. How are you doing today, man? I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you so much, man. Brother, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And your energy's on fire, man. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, man. And your yeah, energies are contagious, man. So I'm glad yeah. to have you on, too, from when I spoke to you, you know, a couple of days ago and uh, we talked about today. I was super excited to get you on the show so we can just share Amen. your story with the world, man, because it's so powerful. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Yeah, man, I'm pumped. I'm excited, ready to go. And, and that was an incredible introduction. I mean, I, that's how I started off. I give God thanks for it, you know, so Amen. without him, we wouldn't be here. That's right, man. We have to, we have to. So listen, man, I always, you know, it, it, for those of you, for those people that are listening or watching that don't know who you are, man, you've uh, done some amazing things and in, in recently in the last, you know, couple years, couple months, even you've been doing some amazing things, but uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's motivational speaker, actor, all these accolades, but you weren't always the Abe that you are today. And I always like to bring that to the forefront because I think sometimes people get lost in the success and they get lost in the fame and they get lost in, you know, all the, all the things that, that, sh that, that are glittery and shiny, but they forget about these people, just like you and I weren't always where we are today. And I want you to share a little bit about, you know, what you what you went through because I believe man I just saw you know I just look I don't want to get too I don't want to blow up anything too soon but your story is incredible man and I want you to share a little bit with everyone what you went through and and how that transition happened not only you know mentally but spiritually and physically so go ahead and share a little bit about that thank you thank you yeah man I mean um you know we all start from from a, a, a rock bottom or we all have a beginning and the beginning is not usually the easiest. It's not a simple transition. It's a it's a long it's a long road with a lot of bumps, a lot of obstacles, challenges, mountains to climb. And um, I, I think ultimately, me being from East LA, growing up in LA, um, in the hood, you know, we got Los Angeles right next door, Beverly Hills, and Hollywood. You hear about that life. You know what I mean? You you see Mercedes and Bentleys, and I think at a young age, my mom. Uh, raised me and my brother and my sister by herself. My father left when wow. I was four. So we were already at a disadvantage, a little bit less fortunate. And I wanted everything. But <laughs> I understood that my mom couldn't give us everything that we wanted, but she always gave us what we needed. Um, and we didn't understand that growing up, right? <laughs> That's good. That's good, though. 
So, you know, I was uh, born in East LA, <laughs> father left, and sports was really my biggest blessing. Being able to play sports took me out of the hood. I was able to meet some, <clears throat> excuse me, some father figures, some men that kind of took me under their wing and, and blessed me. They coached me, they motivated me, they pushed me. Right. And um, I, it was one coach named Oscar Cepeda from Alhambra, Mexicano. And he said, Abe, you could do whatever you want. You know, and I was 11 years old in the hood. I remember sitting in his car and he said, if you want to make it to the NBA, you can make it to the NBA. He was my basketball coach at the time. And, um, you know, I was only, I was five foot seven, probably at the age of 11 and 12. And I didn't grow much more till now. I'm only two inches taller than when I was 11. So I'm five, nine and a half now. Um, but he gave me that confidence that I could go out and do anything I wanted. He was a very spiritual, uh, loving man, a Catholic man, uh, a believing man. And, um, you know, I, everything he told me along the lines was true. I went to high school. I won a high school championship as a true freshman. I went to the finals and, and then I went to college and, um, played sports in college. So I had a very, um, athletics was like my blessing athletics got me a different life right yeah. and I was always a believer but I, I can't say that I was implementing any of the knowledge or the spiritual information that I that I was given my mom you know we growing up we, we prayed before every meal we prayed before we went to sleep um but the the problem in life is we're also accustomed to just a set schedule right and we're like robots that's right we're we're not actually taking things and, and um, acknowledging them and then taking control of it, allowing our mindset to become that. I didn't know this growing up. I don't think most people do. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I ended up going to college. I dropped out of college after my second year chasing money. Um, I got involved with my first network marketing company and I only have positive things to say, really, man. I, I joined network marketing I made a lot of money, but that company that I got involved with uh, was one of these horror stories about network marketing. It didn't go well. Yeah. Um, it didn't go well for everybody else, but I made a lot of money. <laughs> so I ended up learning what an entrepreneur meant. I, I understood what hustling meant. I, met, I understood what getting up and grinding meant every day. Right. Um, the, unfo the unfortunate part is that I dropped out of college. I left my education behind. I left football behind. And the dreams of me becoming a professional athlete were gone. Wow. You know, they were kind of gone now. And um because you were more focused on the money. That was it, right? And I think ultimately when you're in poverty, sports was my goal, but it was because of the money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That's the type of mindset that most people that grow up in those type of environments have. Yeah, you know, and they're no one's thinking about anything else, but that was something that I felt was possible for me with, uh, you know, I had to say some God-given athleticism and, and a lot of hard work as well, um, paid off for sports, but, you know, 10, 11 years of hard work and athletics came all down crumbling when I dropped out and I just let it all go. I started chasing money. And before you knew it, um, I ended up back in Los Angeles. I went to college in Wisconsin. So that's where I was at, played football, dropped out. And when, when it all crumbled, I moved back to LA and had a little bit of money in my pocket, enjoyed it, spent it like crazy, hanging out, partying. You know, this is what you do when you're 19, 20, and you don't know what else to do when you got 30, 40, $50,000 in your pocket. Wow. Um, so 
you know, that's where, that's where life now became a little bit more serious. And I started to just have a little bit more attention of what I was doing. Um, I knew I wasn't headed down the right path. Um, I, I just knew that. So this is where we start getting into the story of the crossroads and, you know, my decisions from a youngster led up all the way till I was 19, 20 um, before I ended up getting in trouble. And I think that's what you're referring to, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, so I'll continue from there. Um, you know, now all of a sudden I'm back in LA, I'm in the partying at the Playboy Mansion, going crazy. Um, I think I'm cool, you know, at 19 and 21 years old, but really uh, I, I was most likely an arrogant jerk and <laughs> wasn't cool because I know a lot of people at that age are like that. You know, they just take life for granted. They're not grateful. They're not appreciative for the basics of life, which of course right. I wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and um, after that money that I had from network marketing dwindled down, you know, I'm down to a couple thousand and a couple hundred. And before you knew it, I'm, I got no money in my bank account. <laughs> so I ended up becoming a personal trainer, training clients at 5 a.m. Then around 10, 11 a.m., I went to a real estate office and I started playing or I started, um, you know, doing loans. I started selling homes the real estate game. And then at nighttime, I was doing club promotion. Oh, so wow. I was three different things throughout yeah, the day. going on. Yeah, and um, I was obviously really tired. I was young and energetic, but I was still tired. And I did that for a couple years till eventually all of the chaos, the fast cash came down crashing. And one night from coming home from a club, the club closes at 2 a.m. I'm counting my money by 2.30, 3 a.m. And I'm driving back to Pasadena from the Orange County to L.A. County. And it's 3.30, 4 in the morning. And I'm driving back because I have a 5 o'clock a.m. client, personal oh, training. That's so crazy. I literally pulled an all-nighter, right? I fell asleep behind the wheel and I cracked and I hit a car. Wow. And I was, I was just falling. And I wasn't drinking. I, I didn't take drugs. I was just tired from the constant grind, constant push. And I fell asleep. I hit a Mercedes out of all cars. <laughs> I hit a Mercedes. Now, the lady, she was so kind and considerate. Um, I told her I fell asleep. She asked me if I, she was more worried about me than her car. She knew her car was fine. And it really was. It was my car, an old Acura legend that was damaged. Her car, nothing happened to. That was the beginning of my problems. That was really the beginning of my problems. And I started to make desperate decisions. And I wow. started to do things that, you know, you would say ethically or morally weren't, weren't good, weren't to standard. You did whatever you had to do to survive. And um, I started doing different things. I started doing like hard body contests and make a couple extra hundred bucks at night. And then that led me to Vegas because they wanted me to go strip in Vegas. Oh, wow. And I didn't, I said, I actually drove to Vegas for an audition. I got to the club, saw everybody walking around in the club, you know, naked and crazy. And for whatever reason, something in my spirit said, you can't do this, leave. Mm. I get in my car. I literally, I drove three hours from LA to Vegas. I drove back. I just had some dinner and, and drove back. This is where, you know, I just get more desperate. This was my quick money. This could have helped me, right? The quick money could have just helped me. But for whatever reason, I said no. 
And somebody that I ended up meeting throughout the chaotic life ended up telling me, hey, Abe, I know you just got into a car accident. Um, I know you, you told me you just went to Vegas. You were, you were thinking about stripping. You were thinking about doing this. And he says, I can show you how to make way more money than what you're doing in the last six, seven months. And I can show you how to make it in a weekend's time. Wow. So they had my attention. <laughs> Ask money again, man. It always gets everybody. <laughs> and I said, what? I said, well, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? And I ended up really saying, eh, it's okay. I don't need it. I don't need it that bad. But bills, bills started stacking up. I think my cell phone got cut off a couple of times where you're down to your last $60 in your bank account. You can't even pay your cell phone bill. Um, desperation kicked in, chaos kicked in, doubt, fear, everything. Um, so I ended up calling back these people and I said, hey, is that offer still on the table? Like, how do you make that kind of money? You know, they're saying, you know, you can make twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 in a weekend's time. And I'm like, show me. Yeah. Well, this is where the story takes a, a turn and you know, now I'm acting out of desperation and, and just chaos and survival. They tell me, just take this car, drive it here, leave it there, just drop it off, go hang out at a hotel or something. And then we'll call you back when you're ready and you drive the car back. And I said, okay, so I'm, 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 a, I'm a delivery service. I'm driving things. I'm like, <laughs> what am I gonna do? So that's what ended up happening. And um, as nervous and as scared as I was, I drove the car, drove it back, got, got my first paper bag of like $15,000. And I was hooked from that point on. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was hooked from that point on. And, and so, um, they were having, so what was it? They were having you deliver drugs back and forth? Well, yes, 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 yes. I mean, this was years ago now. And yeah, oh, oh, and I told him at the beginning, I said, I don't want to kill nobody. I'm, that's not me. You know, they said, you're not killing no one. You're just, you're, you're driving a car. It made it sound, and I said, huh? It made it sound innocent. They made it sound so, so innocent and like whatever. And, and I'm thinking to myself, all I heard was 15,000. All I heard was 10, $20,000 of money and a weekend's time. And I'm, I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know? And um, I ended up doing it, really had, I, had, I was broke. I get back, I get my, the first, you know, paper bag for like 15,000. First thing I do is put a down payment on a BMW and go get a Rolex. And before you know it, I'm out of, almost out of money again. I give my mom a little bit of money so she could pay rent. And now you're, you're trapped in a vicious cycle. How do you keep up with that? Yeah. And so you already know I'm headed down the wrong life now. <laughs> so what so now the rubber meets the road and then what happens? So now I'm I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing um every month, twice a month, and I'm doing this for like the next year and a half, two years. And I'm just living the life of you know a rock star is, is what they think or what they call it. And before you knew it, every every time has its its time and place and it was coming the end of the road for me now right I'm, I, it's all over um i ended up getting pulled over in the state of oklahoma i got busted and the cops comes over and they asked me to to they, they well they pulled me over because they said that i changed lanes without using my blinker mm. and i was driving in a car that had a, a california license plate flashy car 
I'm driving at two or three in the morning. They're like, what are you doing out here? You know, and I have to make up a lie and I lied to, to cover up that. I got to make another lie and another lie to, to cover those lies. And before you knew it, I'm just stacked on lies and everything's against me. And before you knew it, I'm standing on the hill. The cops handcuff me and tell me you're going to jail. Wow. Everything happened so fast. Um, everything happened so quick, so fast. And I just couldn't believe what was going on at that point. You know, you so know, what was your mind? What was going through your mind while all this was happening? Like only way you can describe it is how you see in movies, the, the, the fast lights and the cars just scatters. Your brain is just, is running a hundred miles an hour. And now I'm thinking about myself in prison and jail. I'm thinking about myself dying. I'm like lost and confused. Uh, you're, you're just like, what are you going to do now? Wow. Um, but all I did know is that if this day ever came, I was to keep my mouth shut and just be quiet. And uh, if I wanted to live again. So it was pretty simple. They, they, <laughs> they cuffed me, they cuffed me. And there's a whole nother part of the story that I don't even actually put into the book. I, I might do it in the movie. To, it's for, for entertainment purposes, but you know, I, I'm here really to take accountability for my wrongdoing. I'm not here to point fingers at other people. It doesn't matter what other people did. All that matters is my decisions that I made that led me to where I was going. And I had to take full accountability with all that. I was fortunate um, to get a hold of my brother. He flew out to Oklahoma. He he brought a little paper bag with cash, bailed me out. Well, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that too about the whole accountability thing because I think that that's that's huge because a lot of times when people get caught in a jam or when things aren't working out for them or they are doing something that they shouldn't be doing and get caught, then they're like, oh, why is this happening to me? And, they, and they're quick to blame other people. So other I, think people. That, I think taking the accountability and the responsibility for your actions, I think that first of all, that's huge. And I commend you for that. And, uh, you know, so fast forward, you wind up getting locked up. You wind up doing some years in prison. I, I end up, um, I end up, fighting the case for over two years because they wanted to put me away for 30 years. Wow. So they wanted to send me away for 30. Uh, we fought the case. We paid a lot of money to our attorney. As soon as, as soon as I bailed out that night, that, that night that I bailed out, my brother flew to Oklahoma, bailed me out. As soon as I got on the phone to call my mom, the DEA raided her house. Oh, wow. The DEA raided her house. There was, she said there was 30 or 40 DEA agents there with shotguns guns uh dogs they just they went in and raided the place looking for anything they could they didn't found anything they they, they took my rolex and some that's other a, that's a part of the movie that's for the movie that's all yeah <laughs> yeah that's yeah so um it, it really was that i mean so it was a crazy movie and the dea agent took the phone from my mom started screaming at me yelling at me I couldn't even respond. What what could I say? I said you're you're right about everything. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he was just cursing me out, telling me I was good for nothing. Um, I put my mom in this position. I put my family in this position. Like he's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so fast forward, fast forward with a lot of prayer. My mom had prayer warriors all over the world praying for me and tongue and and phone calls and churches and. You know, I was just young, lost and confused, scared of what I was going to do. I was ready to leave the country. I was going to go to Venezuela or China. I was just going to leave. But my mom told me, 
My mom said, you made the decision to do this. You got you to gotta deal with it. You got to take accountability, like we said, and, and you got to do the time. And um, she said, don't worry. She said, don't worry. Let's pray. God has a plan for you. He didn't, if he put you in this position, it's because you can handle it. There's a lesson to be learned here. So we prayed for it. We fight for two years. She dropped the judge dropped the sentence from 30 to 25 to 20 to 15. And then she dropped it from a violent crime to a nonviolent crime. Do you know what that means? From a violent crime to a nonviolent crime. So you get even lesser time. Yeah. So on a violent crime, they make you serve 85% of your time. Mm -hmm. So on a 10 year sentence, you're doing eight years, nine months, nine years on a, on a nonviolent crime, you're going to do anywhere from 30 to 40%. So from going from 30 years down to 15 years, down to 12 years, and a nonviolent crime, you know, now we're looking at three to five to six years. And I turned myself in. I said, I got to deal with it. And um, the judge, the day of my sentencing, dropped it from 12 to 10. She says, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm going to drop it down to 10. Mom. And when that happened, my mom is in the back, Mexicana. She's crying. She's screaming. Ay, Dios, help me. And, you know, Lord, help us. And my brother's picking her up. And this is where my story now becomes a transition. This is the, where forever faith starts kicking in. This is where it starts kicking in. Um, the, the guard handcuffed me to four other people. You know, I'm crying. I'm looking at my mom crying. The guard tells me as we're walking by and he tells me in Spanish, Dios está contigo. He said, God's with you. Don't worry. And, I, you know, out of all of us, he told me that. Wow. And I didn't know him. We get into the elevator. He looks at me and he tells me, you're going to be fine. I'm crying, breaking down. I go into jail. Now I'm into jail to custody because I have to turn myself in. And the person that takes my ID, my driver's license, was the same person who booked me two years earlier. Oh, That's, wow. That night that I got busted, that, that gentleman was from Orange County. And he says, what are you doing out here, Cruz? That's what he said two years ago. What are you doing out here? You, I have a son your age. You shouldn't be caught up in this mess. And he ended up putting me into another jail cell where there was no one there. In this other pod right next to it, there was like 50 guys in there, which I would have for sure got jumped beat up and he puts me in my own cell by by myself and says just just take it easy here you're going to go into processing they'll they'll put you into your cell here shortly well fast forward that day that i had to turn myself in give him my id it's the same guy oh wow and he does the same exact thing he puts me into another cell by myself and says here here's your bologna sandwich just hang out here until we send you off to your cell that's where my story, it ends up happening throughout the next three and a half years. That's um, not a coincidence. No, I, there's no way. And when all of this happens, um, me, my mom, my attorney, we were banking that I would have a one-year judicial review because I was a first-time offender. So mm -hmm. even though I had the 10-year sentence in now, we thought that there was a chance that I could be in and out in a year because we paid so much money. You think that, right? <laughs> Well. <laughs> My attorney writes me a letter and tells me that the DA denied your review. You're, there's, you don't get a chance. You're not even getting a review. You're staying in. Wow. So now I, I, was, I was strong for the first few months. I thought, okay, I might be out in the next year. I, I was hopeful. 
when I got that letter from my attorney, I cried, I broke down. Um, I was staring at myself in the mirror. I was losing it. After a few days, I called my mom. I told her that, that the judge, uh, the DA denied my review. I told my mom and my mom very calmly says, it's okay, mijo. God has a plan for you. But she tells me, don't lose your faith. She says, you need to get on your hands and knees and you need to ask God for a second chance now. You need to commit your life to God. And she says, just remember, you've been denying God all these other years. So don't think he's just going to answer your prayer like that. <laughs> there's, there's many people in line that are, that are crying and wanting the same thing. So my mom says, you have to sacrifice for God. And I said, how am I supposed to do that in prison? She says, you need to fast for God for 40 days. And I said, how am I supposed to fast? They don't even feed me enough in here. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to die. She wow. says, you will not put your faith in God, in the Lord, and you will be fine. So we get off the phone. I go straight to my cell bed, my little pod, my bed. I pray. I make a deal with God. That night I started fasting. Um, I only had like one meal a day in the night. And as soon as I started to fast, I started to dream and have visions of the future. And I started to write everything out on paper every single day. Every morning I'd wake up and I'd write out a new vision. And I saw visions of me standing on hills, speaking to millions and millions of people. And this is where the birth of Forever Faith came. Wow. Because um, I, I heard people, I heard the guys on the phone talking to their wives or their family or their kids, and they all lost faith. There would be guys that were only a few days or a few weeks or a few months from getting out from prison. And they said that they would rather stay in prison because they said it was easier they said it was easier to have a free bed, have have um, three meals a day and take a shower there. And they just lay in bed all day long. That's it. There were wow. no programs. There's no programs in prison. It's overpopulated. So they lost all their faith. And that's where I said, you guys are losing your faith. You can't lose your faith. And everyone's asking each other, what are you going to do when you get out? What are you going to do? And I said, well, I, I, I've been having these visions and these dreams and I feel like God is showing me something. I said, I'm going to start a company to move and inspire the world. And I'm, I'm playing spades right now in the middle of a yeah. spade game with them. They think I'm crazy. I'm just talking to them like we're talking. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a clothing company to move the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to inspire. I'm going to get people up. No, there's, we're not dying. We're moving forward in life. God That's has right. a plan for all of us. That's and right. I said, I'm going to call it Forever Faith. And... It, it all started from from right there and in prison, and I started. And how long ago was that? We're we're in two thousand. We we're in two thousand twenty one in the middle of chaotic election and the pandemic. Um, but I was released from prison in two thousand at the end of two thousand and ten. So when when was it that you that you oh. made that decision that you were gonna start a clothing company called Forever Faith? Two thousand and six, two thousand seven in prison. Wow. Wow. And I, I, I wrote it out. I drew out stick figures. Oh, that's 15 I drew out years ago. Huh? 15 years ago. Wow. That's incredible. And so how long have you actually started? So now I want to jump, I want to transition into that now. Cause I mean, the story is incredible. I saw the mini documentary that you had. Uh, that was amazing. And we'll, we'll, we'll tell people where they can go to, to watch that as well. Um, but 
you know, now that you're out of prison, you had a game plan, you, you, you created basically in essence a business plan in prison by writing down all these visions and dreams and ideas and being creative. And so you come out, you start this company and now it's like this big, you have supplements, you have clothing, you have meal prep. I mean, you've been on TV and radio and muscle and fitness magazines, Telemundo. Like, I mean, you talk about a complete turnaround and, and, and you talk about the goodness of God and, and, and the miracles of God and what God can do through an individual's life who yeah. may be rock bottom or who may be involved in things that they shouldn't be doing or, 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 or you know, or, or entertaining. And here you are, you're that very person going through the kind of same process that most people go through when they're in that lifestyle, but God did something special for you while you were locked up. God transformed your mind and your heart. And here you are, CEO and founder of Forever Faith. So let's talk about Forever Faith. Like we know why you created it, obviously to give people hope and to let people know that they have to keep their faith forever. Even when things don't look like they want to be faithful, right? Right. And right, so now right. you have this company and you've done all these amazing things. Tell us like what the, what the, you know, what the deeper mission is of forever faith and, and how can people, you know, get involved, check out your stuff and things like that. So those are big questions. <laughs> There's a couple of different things, but it's, I, I, now, you know, besides all of the, the accomplishments and the, those are platforms this right now, you are blessing me with another platform. You are allowing me to simply deliver a message. So I say, thank you. I think God ultimately, he didn't give me a business or a company so, so I could just have a company. Okay. There is a mission behind it, and it's a simple message. The word forever faith means something. You know, like you said, I mean, I was in prison at rock bottom, and I was telling the guards, this is what I'm going to do when I get out. They thought I was loony. When I got out of prison, my probation officer didn't want to believe what I told him I was going to be doing. So we know that statistically, no one's going to believe us. No one's going to support us. That's right. But that, that's where I had to put all my faith in God. And I truly, I truly, like, so like we said earlier, nobody truly attacks and, and works on a daily basis, consciously knowing what they're doing. Everyone's in a systematic robotic state. Let's get up. Let's brush our teeth. Let's eat. Let's go to work. That's right. Let, let's eat. Okay. Kentucky, let's okay. eat Kentucky fried chicken. Let's go home. Let's watch a telenovela and let's do it all over again. <laughs> and that's not, that's not, that's not God's people. God's yeah. people are, are incredible powerful leaders of the world and we're so distracted and we're so um entertained by chaos and evil that we get caught up into it and 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 you know we're all guilty of it i'm guilty of it um but i think that in life i think in life we eventually we get to a certain place where that light switch comes on and you're in control and it's your mindset. And I saw your mindset disruptor. Yeah. I mean, it, I, like, you, you know, my book is called Forever Faith, the Abe Cruz story, Mindset of Champions. I don't think that we can develop the mindset of champions until we understand that we have to put God first. Like that, that's what the, that's what the whole mission is, is putting God first. Because when I was running drugs, when I was doing network marketing, 
the first thing I thought about when I made five, 10 grand is go get a, a BMW, go get a Rolex, go, yeah. go have a sushi dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more to life than that. I, I, I think um, I saw, I saw your video with Les Brown, which was powerful, incredible. Um, which I've been a huge fan of Les Brown, but when I was in prison, and this is on my website, I wrote down one phrase from Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said, the greatest service to mankind is finding a way to serve many people. Mm. That's the mission from prison. That's and true. I think that that's where God has us. And, and like, you know, the, and you hear all of the, the great say it, um, when you love what you're doing, it doesn't feel like a day of work. That's right. This is work for us right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> you we know, so loving it. So the the bigger the bigger goal, as I really start to speak it directly, is to transition the world and and to help them develop a different mindset, the mindset of champions. And I truly believe that Forever Faith will be the ultimate lifestyle brand for the entire world, um, because I believe that. I mean, I've had Muslims and Hinduism. And um, I've had all these different cultures and belief systems put so much love and value to forever faith. And I know that ultimately we are all God's children. Um, we are all taught different things. And that's kind of life. You're taught something. So that's why you implement that knowledge and that information. Yeah. Um, but I know ultimately God loves all of us. That's for sure. That's right. And I love that, you know, forever faith mindset of champions. And what a coincidence, right? <laughs> Right. What a coincidence that you're on the podcast that's called I Won't Stop Until I Win. <laughs> I won't stop until I win. And I mean, that's you're, you're, a perfect, you're a perfect example of that. You know, you could have easily given up uh, on, at several different points along your journey. You could have given up, but there was something inside of you that said you couldn't give up. You had to keep on going. And here you are today, a completely transformed individual man of God who's doing amazing things and helping, like you said, Jim Rowan said, you know, serving other people and helping other people to transform as well. That's an amazing right. thing, bro. I mean, I think that, to, and, and I, you, probably, you probably relate to this because I think for me, as an individual who's, who's able to, who's God allowed me to use my gifts and my story to empower and impact and motivate other people, to me, I think that there's no greater feeling than knowing that not only are you uh, moving in your purpose and in the will of God, but that you're also helping other people to see more clearly focus more and disrupt their mindset, right? Because right. you have people that have grew up in, I grew up in the hood too, in the, in the Bronx, New York. So you have people who grow up in the hood, are programmed with a certain type of mindset and it's, it's, it's hard for them to kick that, that type of mentality. So that's why I come in and I'm like, I got to disrupt what you normally think and give you a new way of, and help you develop a new way of thinking. Right. If you can do that. I mean, you're literally helping to change people's lives, right? I mean, we don't change people's lives, but we have the opportunity and, and, and the privilege to help be a part of that process. Absolutely. And again, man, I commend you, brother, you know, and, and I just want to thank you again for coming on the show and being a guest and sharing your story. No, I, I have to say, like, you know, I, I want to give you love and respect and props because we're like-minded people. We're here to help people. And as you become what, you know, the world calls successful, there becomes a lot of jealousy, a lot of envy, and a lot of hate as you start climbing the, 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 the ladder or the rope. And stuff that I learned from network marketing, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, John C. Maxwell, uh, push and pull. You push people to the top, 
they're going to pull you up with them. That's, that's what a team does, you know, and there's a lot of people that are hate. They hate that. They don't want that. They want it all for themselves. And the problem with that is that they, they reach a level of success financially, but they haven't learned the valuable lessons of life mm, because right. it's not all about money. It's about what you can do with the money. That's right. So I have to give you your pops and your respect. And, you know, I was checking out all of your stuff and, you know, looking at it, I was, I was motivated. I was inspired. And, um, I, you know, so I wanted to say thank you. I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you so much. Listen, before we wrap up, I always like to ask uh, my guests, if there's somebody out there that's listening, after listening to your story and everything that you've gone through, and that's just a little glimpse into what you've been through, right? There's so much right. story. So they obviously have to, like we said, you know, keep tuning in to you as well for the movie when the movie drops. Absolutely. Uh, but, I have a meeting. I have a meeting Friday with the movie producer. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at, see, still, I mean, this pandemic, nothing can stop what God's will is in your life, man. No, no. You know? But I always like to ask my guests, if, if there's somebody out there that's listening to the show right now, this episode, and maybe somebody resonates, resonates with you because maybe they grew up in the hood and, and they, you know, they were involved in drugs and smuggling and, or dealing or whatever the case may be. And they've been to prison and they, maybe they didn't go through that, but they have their own situation that they've gone through where they feel like they've lost all hope. What would you tell that person that's listening right now to encourage them to make sure that they don't stop until they win? Well, I think the first thing that I would tell them is to just accept and understand you already made the mistake. It's already done. Now let's focus on the solution. It's over with. The past is the past. And many people slow themselves down because they keep beating themselves over the head with that mistake they already made. Mm. Let's focus on the future. How do we get out of it? How do we turn that negative into a positive and do not limit yourself? You absolutely can do it. It, maybe it's not easy, but it doesn't matter. You keep bouncing and you do not stop until you win. That's right. That's right. And it may take a couple weeks. It may take a couple months. And in and, 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 and your situation, it took a couple, several years. It right. So we just have to have years. that mindset to where we can't stop until I win. Man, Abe, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much again for coming on the show. Where can people find more about you, your book, uh, Forever Faith, the, 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 the brand itself, that, that you have it, the brand itself, Forever Faith, the clothing, the meal prep, whatever, the supplements, we didn't even get to talk about that, but where can people find more information about you and what you have to offer? So I would tell everybody, go to foreverfaith.com. You guys can see it, foreverfaith.com. Uh, I am an entrepreneur. I do everything from A to Z. I manufacture, I design, I manufacture, I produce the product. So do not buy my product or my books anywhere in another third party. You buy them from foreverfaith.com. I get them, I package them, I sign them, and I ship them out and I take care of everybody. So, you know, I'm a real entrepreneur from A to Z. Um, you know, I'm not one of these guys that's been on TV or on magazines and I just lend my name to a product and then somebody else takes care of it. I'm a real entrepreneur. I learned the business from ground zero from prison up. So if I can do it, you can do it. You just gotta have faith. And um, you guys check it out foreverfaith.com and my social media is at the real Abe Cruz. 
at the real Abe Cruz, foreverfaith.com. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, Abe Cruz, live and in the flesh. Go check him out. Go follow his uh, social media handles. Check out his website, foreverfaith.com, for all your needs there, motivation, and anything else that he has to offer you. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you for tuning in to another episode. Thank you so much. And until next week, make sure that you don't stop until you win. Take care and God bless. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this episode of I Won't Stop Until I Win. Once again, I am your host, Jose Flores, and make sure you visit me at joseinspires.com, where you'll see links to all my social media, where I'm bringing content like this every single day on how you can win and keep on winning. We have new episodes dropping every week, so make sure you guys like, subscribe, and share with other winners so that everyone can keep up with what's going on. Once again, I appreciate you tuning in, and we'll catch you on the next episode of I won't stop until I win.